This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is Ace Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. Hi, this is Vince Catronio. Each week all season, we're celebrating the Oakland Athletics' rich postseason history with a look back at decades of postseason success. So as we hearken back, let's relive some of the greatest playoff games in Oakland on this edition of Green and Gold History. Tonight and every Friday throughout the season, we will celebrate some of the greatest playoff games in Oakland A's history. We selected some favorites among the 124 playoff contests in Oakland history. We begin in 2012, the American League Division Series versus the Detroit Tigers and Game 4 of that epic series. First, some backstory. Even though the A's had the better record at 94 and 68, the series began in Detroit as Major League Baseball inserted a new added wildcard game to the postseason format. The Tigers took advantage, winning the first two games of the series, 3-1 and 5-4. As the series shifted back to Oakland, a raucous crowd awaited, and the green and gold did not disappoint. In Game 3, Coco Crisp scored the game's first run and electrified the Coliseum with an over-the-wall catch, robbing Prince Fielder of a home run in an A's 2-0 victory. Here's the 1-2 to Prince. Swung on, hit to right center field. Coco going back to the track, right to the wall, leaping at the wall, and did he catch it? He made a sensational catch! Coco Crest going over the wall in right center field, robbing Prince Fielder of a home run. And then he went crashing up against the barrier. What about a start to this ball game for the A's? In game four, A's rookie A.J. Griffin was pitted against Max Scherzer, and the Tigers built a 3-1 lead. They were three outs away from advancing in the postseason with Jose Valverde on the mound, and that's when the A's went to work. Josh Reddick singled and was doubled to third by Josh Donaldson. The A's, who had 14 walk-off wins in their magical 2012 regular season, had one more to get. And Seth Smith kept the momentum going. Here's the 1-1 pitch by Valverde on the way. Swung on, driven to right center for a base hit. The A's have tied it up. Scoring from third is Reddick. Around third, Donaldson. Going to second with a double is Smith. And we're all tied up with nobody out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Coco was in his third season with the A's, his fourth major league team. But the A's faithful took a liking to the fly-catching, leadoff-hitting leadoff man with the fro and the Bernie lean. And he was ready for the spotlight again. Coco Crisp has had some great at-bats tonight. He does not have a hit. He reached on an air score to run, but he has done a good job handling the pitches. 
Smith leads his second in a tie ball game. Valverde deals. And Coco, it's a base hit to right field. Smith to third, up the ball. Bobble to third by Garcia, and the A's have won it. Seth Smith scores from second. A base hit to right field by Coco Crisp. Garcia charging from right, but he bobbled the ball. And once he bobbled it, it was a moot point. The A's are going crazy. Back behind the bag at first. Jumping up and down, and the A's have forced a fifth game with a three-run bottom of the ninth inning, and they beat the Tigers by the final of four to three. <laughs> Unbelievable. 15th walk-off. After the game, Seth revealed what he was thinking, sprinting toward the plate. I didn't know if the, where the ball was. I didn't know what the play was going to be like at home. You know, I'm, I'm a quarterback, so I wasn't really looking forward to the contact at home plate, but I was going to do it if I had to, and I glanced and saw him running backwards for the ball. And I wish that Coco got the hit, and I, I didn't have to, nobody came and tackled me because I was really tired. And Coco explained what happened on this night happened all season. It's amazing. Uh, the guys in front of me obviously did a fantastic job of, of getting on base. Uh, Red came up huge. Uh, you know, we try to keep his head in the game, and, you know, he's been battling the whole, the whole series, hitting balls hard, just hasn't exactly... Uh, been falling for him, but he's been doing a good job of keeping his head in the game. Uh, JD, obviously, uh, big hit. Smitty, sitting next to me, huge hit. Uh, was able to give me the opportunity to come up there and, and, and do something magical, but this club, we've been battling the whole year, giving it 100%, and these walk-offs has just been our MO this year. Game four of the 2012 ALDS versus the Tigers. An Oakland 4-3 win. One of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. I started out the 73 season in spring training, and my goal was to get into the World Series again and to play in it because it broke my heart to miss the first World Series, and I swore I would give it all I had to get back into the series in 73. Reggie Jackson wasn't yet Mr. October, but watching Oakland's first World Series title on crutches did plenty to motivate him to get back to the postseason. He dominated the regular year with an MVP performance and continued that push all the way through Game 7 of the 1973 World Series, one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. The A's needed another pitching gem from Catfish Hunter in Game 5 of the ALCS versus Baltimore just to get to the World Series, tossing a complete game and a 3-0 win. Then, the A's faced Yogi Berra's New York Mets, a few years removed from their miracle 69 season and winners of only 82 games in the regular year. But the A's needed Catfish and Reggie in game six of that World Series to force a game seven at home. In that 3-1 win over Tom Seaver, Hunter went seven plus and Reggie drove in two. For the third time in this fall classic, two lefties, Ken Holtzman and John Matlack, faced off in game seven. Because Billy North was injured, Reggie was in center field and delivered a second-inning gem. Holtzman has pitched two no-hitters in the National League, one of them without striking out a batter. Liner to center field, Reggie Jackson. Dives, has he got it? He has! We have three down, Reggie Jackson. Hit hard on the line, he never gave up on it. Just kept on coming and kept it off the top of the ground. The designated hitter entered Major League Baseball in 1973, but wasn't implemented in the series yet. So Holtzman, a longtime National Leaguer, could still handle the bat, and he started the third inning rally. 
set up a chance for the A's to strike first, and Campy Campaneris got it started against Matlack. Kurt Campaneris and Joe Rudy now will both have shots at knocking in Ken Holtzman. The moment for Reggie came three batters later, giving Oakland a chance to distance themselves. Here's Reggie Jackson now. The A's are wearing a Kelly green top on their uniform today, and through the regular season, they always wear what they call polar bear whites. This club has three uniforms. Today, for some reason, they went to green. Maybe it's a hunch. Charlie Finley changed and had them wear their whites in the playoffs against Baltimore, and it wasn't on a Sunday, and they won. So maybe he played the hunch today and took them out of the whites and put them in the green. Amazing how superstitious people are in this game. There's a long drive. Jackson has hit it all. And it is good. You say he's a little fired up. Matlack got hurt on the breaking ball of Campaneris. Then on Rudy, he's got Jackson another breaking ball that hung up to them. And I guess he's just going to live and die with that breaking ball. It may be all over. I don't know. The A's had a 5-0 lead. But New York scored once in the sixth and tightened the game with an unearned run in the ninth off of Raleigh Fingers, bringing the tying run to the plate. That forced Dick Williams to do something yet again, use left-hand reliever Darrell Knowles for the seventh time, a first in the fall classic. And now the fans realize instead of this World Series being over, as it should be, but for the error, one swing of the bat could tie it up. Goes back, throws a little looper. Campanaris goes back, says, I got it, that is it! that won their second consecutive World Series championship. A series MVP for Reggie Jackson and back-to-back -back World Series in Oakland. Game seven of the 1973 World Series, one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. When the 2003 postseason came around, it marked the fourth consecutive year of October baseball for the Oakland A's. The previous three division series concluded with the A's on the losing end. In order to get the 0-3 ALDS off to a good start, Oakland had to get through Pedro Martinez and his league-leading 2.22 ERA with the 95-win Boston Red Sox. The A's pitching trio of Hudson Mulder and Zito combined for 45 of the A's 96 wins. And Tip Hudson led the way with 16 victories, logging 240 innings, and he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Pedro on that night. Down 1-0 in the bottom of the third inning, the A's turned to an off-season acquisition to get their first lead of the night. A's general manager Billy Bean looked like he had robbed another team of a key player as the menace of Moneyball finally landed Durazo, a guy who they've been after for a long time. He had a 14 deal last December, and Rubio came out blazing. 24 RBIs in his first 27 games, but then he cooled off quickly. He drove in just 43 over the next four months. Looking for a big RBI here, and he knocks that one toward the alley. Nicks it on the move, can't get it. It's up against the fence. Singleton is in. Ellis rounding third. He's going to score. Two runs home. Oakland leads it to the one. A two-out single in the seventh from Nomar Garcia Parra chased Hudson from the game, and lefty Ricardo Rincon entered. 
only to be greeted by Todd Walker's second home run of the night to get Boston back ahead 4-3. In the bottom of the ninth, the A's were down to their final out when Grady Little brought lefty Alan Embry to finish the game, and again DeRazzo was at the plate. DeRazzo that year was a reverse split marble with an 8-3-7 OPS versus Southpaws and had another magic moment in his back. Burns leading it second, representing the time run. He's taken off for third. Swing and a slicer. There's Ramirez on the moment. Falls in for a base hit. The run is in. This game is tied. Well, he got a fastball. Once again, out over the plate. DeRoz is very good at hitting the ball at all parts of the field. Did exactly what you should do on a fastball away. Let it get deeper in the strike zone, stay on it, and drive it right over the shortstop's hill, just as he did. This instant classic stayed tied until two outs in the bottom of the 12th, setting up one of the most unlikely finishes to a playoff game, and Ramon Hernandez came to the plate and put his plan in place. I saw the third baseman, he's playing back, and I was like, you know why? He's throwing stinkers, stinkers, two outs. It's easy to bunt third base. It's never easy, but the kind of the ball goes already that way. So, you know, if I get one bone down here and it's good, I think the game is going to be over because they're playing really fine. The last thing they're expecting is that. And in my side, I was thinking if I get it down, we go home to sleep winning. If it's not, we go back out and play one more inning. So that's the advantage when you play at home. So that was my kind of thought process. And, and I look and say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to let the fair. If it goes fair, we're going to end the game. And I ended up, I did it, and I come out first and everything come out right and we ended up winning the game. Bluff at third by Chavez. And a bunt. Third base side. Miller charging. Fairhand A dramatic ending to game one of the 2003 Division Series and one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. I think Dick Williams was a, was really the key in, the, in us putting it all together because we had the great pitching, we had you know good hitting, good athletes, good hitters. I, I think the thing that he realized we were lacking was our the fundamental execution and. He got us in spring training, and he just pounded that into us, and that was the one ingredient I think was missing. And once we grasped a hold of that, we pretty much took off with it after that. That was the foundation for what was a five-year run of postseason baseball for the Oakland A's. With Williams at the helm, Oakland reached the 71 playoffs, but Baltimore swept the A's. 1972 was different. The Athletics beat the Detroit Tigers in five games in the 72 League Championship Series, sending the green and gold to their first fall classic in their fifth Oakland season. The opponent, the buttoned-up champions of the National League, the Cincinnati Reds. Game one featured Ken Holtzman versus Gary Nolan and was one of the greatest playoff games in A's history. The matchup meant a lot to catcher Gene Tennis, a native of Lucasville, Ohio, and he jumped the A's ahead early at Riverfront Stadium. 
There's a long blast, a deep left. That one is going, and it is gone. A home run for Gene Tennis. And the A's grab the lead in the top of the second inning with a two-out, two-run homer by Gene Tennis, who hit only five homers during the year. The Reds came back with two runs on RBIs by Dennis Menke and Davey Concepcion to tie the game at two, but Tennis wasn't done making World Series history. There's a long drive deep down the left field line. That's going. Gene Tennis has hit his second home run in this World Series game. He is not a home run hitter. He hit a two-run homer in the second. This one right down the line, well back into the seat, and the A's lead 3-2. to two. Well, you know, that's an interesting scenario there because uh, – I came out of the playoffs one for 16, and I, I didn't even think I was going to be playing in the World Series with those stats. But I was fortunate, you know, in the play on the fifth game of the playoff, drive in the deciding run in the fifth in the in the fifth game against the Tigers uh, with two outs. So we ended up winning two to one, and then winning the World Series. And actually, Cincinnati, I was raised 100 miles from there, so that was kind of nice being able to have the series that I had there and you know, being from that from, from that area. So. Uh, you know, it's hard to explain what the feeling was. You know, the first home run, you know, probably was, everybody thought was an accident. But then the <laughs> second one, you know, I came up the second time off of Gary Nolan. He hung me a breaking ball, and I hit it right down the line. I thought it was going foul. So I didn't leave the home plate until actually I saw it you know, land in the fair. It was quite a thrill. Tennis became the first player ever to homer in his first two World Series at-bats. Prior, eight players had homered once in their first World Series at-bat. With a 3-2 lead, Holtzman was done after five innings, and Williams turned to Raleigh Fingers for an inning and a third and finished the game with Vita Blue. One year removed from the sparkling 24-win rookie season, Blue's holdout put him behind during the regular season, but he still managed the 2.80 ERA and five scoreless relief innings in the ALCS. Pete Rose grounded out to end the game and give Oakland a 3-2 victory. Vita had respect for the Reds, but knew the A's way of baseball would be the difference. The Reds were a great team at that time, Chris, as you mentioned, with all the famous bench. And I'm going to say Pete Rose, too, and uh, Perez now, and, uh, and of course, Joe Morgan. But uh, we, we handled our pitching, I pitched them. So, you know, we knew if, if we scored, we could defend. And that, that's what our team was solid with. Good defense and pitch. It starts with pitching. That, that is the truest form of defense that you can have. In a World Series that featured six future Hall of Famers, three on each side, the A's won the Classic in seven games, sparked in game one by Gene Tennis and company in one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland A's history. It was a time in our lives that affected everyone in every walk of life. Major League Baseball decided instead of no baseball in the pandemic year of 2020, a 60-game sprint with no fans in the stands was better than nothing at all. It included an expanded playoff system and neutral sites for those games. And despite all that, Game 3 of the 2020 Division Series between the A's and the Houston Astros is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. Dodger Stadium was the site. Historically a pitcher's park, this series played in the daytime and it turned into a home run paradise. And newly acquired Tommy LaStella got it going in the first inning against Houston. Of course, they're hoping for a, a game number five, and now here's the pitch by Arcidi, and a breaking ball is spanked into center field. Springer going back to the track. He'll turn and watch it fly. 
and Tommy LaStella has hit it out, and the A's take a 1-0 lead. And right off the top, LaStella's first home run of this postseason, and a center field shot at Dodger Stadium. But the Astros counted with two in their half of the first inning to take the lead until Mark Canna stepped up for the A's in the second. Now here's the 0-2 to Mark and a breaky ball as a drive into right center field going back Springer he'll turn he'll watch and this is a tie ball game and Canna has hit it out and what a story of home runs in this series A's two and the Astros two on a right center field shot by Canna. The A's built a 4-2 lead into the bottom of the fifth. With that frame saw a five-run Astros uprising, and it started with Aledmus Diaz getting into the long ball act. Two and two. The pitch to Diaz is swung on and hit the deep left field down the line in the corner, and that's going to be gone. And that quickly, this ball game is tied up. Aledmus Diaz with a two-run home run in the bottom of the fifth. It's now a 4-4 tie. Oakland fell behind 7-4 heading into the top of the seventh and nearing elimination, down two games to none. Singles by Marcus Simeon and Tommy LaStella gave Chad Pinder a chance to change that script, and he didn't disappoint. Pinder, keep it going, has doubled, struck out, and singled. Three hits in the series, right-hand batter, right-hand pitcher. The offer, breaking ball, that sail toward right, down the line, in the corner. Tucker giving chase at the wall, reaches! He can't get it! Oh. It's gone into the seats, and the game is tied! Chad Pinder sails one the opposite way on Josh James and the A's still have a heartbeat. They've come off the deck. They've tied the game at seven. What we learned after the fact was that Ramon Laureano gathered the team before that inning and delivered a fiery speech for the ages that Pinder knew it was exactly what they needed. We went into the dugout after that inning and it seemed like, you know, the energy had kind of just got sucked out of us. It kind of happened to us the first two games, and uh, and then all of a sudden, Ramon, uh, I mean, you, know, you know Ramon's intensity. Uh, when Ramon just kind of let loose, and was like, this is not over. This is not the end. Wake up. And, and honestly, I get chills, you know, thinking about it, and it just really, really it fired all of us up, and then straight at bat, get put in a situation where I'm just trying to elevate a pitch and just trying to get honestly hit a sack fly and chip away and then you know it all starts with Ramon like we we needed that more than anything we needed somebody to step up and be vocal and and Ramon to pull by the horns and you got I, I believe I can speak for everybody that that was huge I mean it it woke everybody up two sacrifice flies in the eighth inning put Oakland ahead 9-7 and it was up to Liam Hendricks to close it out his Herculean three inning 37 pitch masterpiece concluded with Michael Brantley at the plate. One ball, one strike. Nobody on base, two out. His lead 9 7. Hendricks from the stretch. They just have the shift on the infield, and Brantley pops it up, and that's going to be playable into left field. Robbie Grossman is right there under it, and he makes the catch, <laughs> and the A's have won it. Wow. And a throwback three inning save for Liam Hendricks at the end of an epic battle between the A's and the Astros and the A's come all the way back five home runs and then some for the athletics and the Oakland A's have forced a game four tomorrow A's nine and the Astros seven a neutral side with no fans in attendance did not take away from an incredible win that kept the A's alive in the playoffs 
Game 3 of the 2020 Division Series, one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.